glaring, agitated, pushing, scrapping, shouting, swearing. And that's just Liam, Liam Keane on a Saturday night in Benidorm Strip, bebe. Welcome to episode 255. It's the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. I'm delighted to be joined by Mr. Liam Keane from Benidorm at Part Dirt. It's our second in our, in our two-part special of Wolves Podcasts from the beautiful... Um, is it an island of Alicante? Is it an area? What is it? What are we talking about? It's, it? We're on mainland Spain. Mainland Spain. <laughs> mainland Spain. But we can see the ocean ahead of us, so it's all good. Um, the, the tan is getting topped up. Look at me, I'm golden. You're, you're, you're go- you've gone from white to cream over the last... Uh, <laughs> eggshell. Eggshell. Eggshell, perfect. Over the last eight days, we've had two matches since we've last spoken. Not a lot's gone on in them, I don't think, Liam. Not very, a lot. Very quiet. Very, very quiet. Um, of course, the 4-0 win against Alaves, which we'll come on to in, in just a second, which uh, had lots of positives, as good as you could have hoped for, I guess. And then... <sighs> <laughs> the behind-closed-doors shit show that we've just witnessed this morning. And, I mean, I, I've never seen anything quite like it. I can't wait to get into it, to be honest. You love but, um, to see it. It's, it's, well, I don't think Bruno loved to see it. <laughs> no. I don't think Bruno loved to see it. But, um, but yes, very, very interesting. But first of all, how's it going? It's astonishing. I've just written my diary, day eight diary, Liam. And I'm, I was writing towards the end. And I was starting to get a bit sad because I'm thinking, we're actually coming to the end of our, of our 10 days. And day two or day three, with you in here, I was thinking... This is going to be a long slog. Oh, come off it. This could be a, this could be a long it. 10 days. And, you know, time started to fly. We've started to get used to each other. We've started learning each other's traits, the good and the bad. And uh, we've come to an understanding. I was, I, was, I was putting, again, plug on the diary today. You know, it's been a battle with music over this trip, but we kind of, we kind of both went to Bieber today and it, it was fine. It was nice. We were in, in a good mood getting to the training ground. And, um, yeah, it's all, it's all happened. And we've got two days left. All of a sudden, it, it's, time flies. You've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it. I've got to say, I've got to say, I've got to be open and honest and say this, with everything around it, with everything that's gone on, with the access and the apartment and the nights out. And the company. The company, the games. This has got to be one, if not my one of my favourite pre-seasons, which I've got to say, I was apprehensive about at first. I was very much into Chicago. I was very much not into Benidorm. And I'm not saying we're going to come back to Benidorm with the missus and the two dogs in a, in a hurry. But at the same time, we're down the strip yesterday. We're interviewing the fans. We're having a bit of a laugh and a joke. Um, it's great. I, I've got to admit, it's great. And uh, thoroughly enjoying it. But I think a lot of the people, a lot of the questions that, are, that have come in, Liam, so we'll, we'll address it first of all. Uh, are you still okay after Saturday night slash Sunday morning? Because <laughs> the, first, the first podcast we did was, of course, pre our big night out. The one big night out, or you are pushing for a second, I'll have it, I'll have it be known, I'll put it on record now. But the one big night out, we're not, we won't be having another one of those again. Come on. Which, um, which lasted until the very early hours of Sunday morning. I would say six-ish we got back here. Um, and uh, I got up at two thinking, my God, Kino's going to be giving me some shit. I'm gonna not been up, not been up since two, and his lordship arrive, rises up at three a.m. three p.m. Going, oh, 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 my alarm didn't go off. What's going on? What's going on? I was so confused. No, I didn't set an alarm. I, I just assumed I'd get up a bit earlier than that. But I was so confused. I woke up. I really did not expect to sleep until three. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a great night. What did you make of the strip of Benidorm, Liam? Well, it's absolute carnage. First of all, it, um, it really there, is. Because I, I thought the strip was was. On the waterfront, yeah, exactly. on the beach, we were walking, we turned around a corner the other night and it was bubbling and I thought, oh, this is cool, this is, this is where it happens. Enough. It was, was busy. Yeah. And we thought there was loads going on and then we found the actual strip with, you know, all of the British themed and named pubs and bars, etc. And, I mean, it was just mental. There was... <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know how much we can mention, but there was... Uh, people, people, come on, people, come on, come on. <laughs> People offering services, you know, as you're walking through what's, the... Uh, what services, Liam? Well, a one uh, interesting-looking woman stroked my arm. Oh, OK. Um, well, you're, you're an attractive young lad. Well, that's true. Um, it scared me. OK. Um, and that was only as we were entering the street, <laughs> as we were walking down. Um, lots of different um, 
entertainment on. Okay. <laughs> I love the way you're dancing around yeah. this. What are you trying uh, to say? Yeah, anything to choose from. Uh, For those of you who don't know, yeah, it's, it's, a basic, it's basically a strip of bars, as you would expect, the Benidorm strip, which um, goes from very Portuguese to very British very quickly. Um, lots of bars. Very Spanish to very British. You said Portuguese. Oh, yeah, sorry, Spanish. Some will pick up on that. Yeah, the yeah they will do. Yeah, it's true. Um, and, um, yes, lots of bars... Lots of um, lots of cheap drinks, lots, lots of music, a couple of shows. <laughs> yeah, a few shows. A uh, few sticky floors, as, as one may say. A few um, a few Segway tours, one may say. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to skirt around this. Um, yeah, if, you, if you've seen it and you know what we mean, then uh, yes. It's, and I'm sure a lot of the Wolves fans, plenty of who are already in Benidorm for, for Wednesday's game, uh, last night's game against Alaves and, and of course the game on Saturday against Bajiktas will I'm sure be be tweeting and videoing and watching um, as we speak but yeah I don't want to spoil the surprise but let's just say let's just say it's it's definitely um, it's definitely not for not for the youngsters it's vibrant it's, 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 an, it's an adult it's an adult show <laughs> they're, not, they're not sure of options are they they're not sure of options it was uh, no, yeah um, not that obviously we would frequently no, no of, like course that, of, course of course not of course not but no, it was no. Interesting to walk past and you know see the um, the, the lights on offer. The drink the drinks were great. We had a little bit of tapas before to line our stomachs. That was really nice. It was nice. Really, really. We nice. have been to two great tapas restaurants. If you if you are in Benidorm and you listen to this and you're like, we want some some authentic Spanish tapas. We've got one that we went to on the Saturday night pre-game. Um, pre-game. I'm talking about pre-game. The game being the the, the drinking. And um, we went to one a couple of nights ago. Liam, was that? No, uh, yes, a couple, couple of nights ago. Couple, yes. of, couple of nights ago, um, and they're kind of the two best Spanish tapas restaurants, and they are delicious, really, really good. So again, um, if you want to tweet any of us or whatever, we'll, we'll respond with with exactly what they are because I haven't got them to I haven't got them in front of me at this moment in time. But yeah, we had a few drinks, a few more drinks. The, the drinks are definitely cheap. They're strong. <laughs> they're, strong. they're very strong. We went to where we went. We started in a saloon bar, listening to some American music. We had a good old sing along. To be fair, we spent most of the time there, and then wandered down and went to a couple more interesting places. Um, and uh, and then we we went. I think we left about half five in the end. It was about half an hour walk home, wasn't it? Or five. It was. It was about thirty-eight minute walks because I obviously being the, the navigator, my mm, role. The navigator. Trip. Um, I had it in my maps to walk us home and um, yeah it was about 38 minutes it was a long old walk but Felt, we were very merry let's put it that way we were merry but um, saying that I, I did sober up pretty quickly you're talking about you're talking, <laughs> I know what's coming this is bad man. this is so you're bad. talking about a couple of uh, a couple of um, shall we say when Liam was, was walking onto the strip a couple of ladies of the night on the street corner who, was, uh, who were offering services that to be honest with I don't think my wife would have appreciated um, so obviously we respectfully declined and walked into the bars on the way out and this is about quarter past five half past five in the morning as we're walking out we're on the way home uh, there were some more of these, uh, these people and um, one of them and uh, I'm not quite sure exactly I, I, we, we, well it was it was definitely an interesting character. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. It was less of a Paula, more of a Pedro. It was. That's a very good way of putting it. It definitely was more Pedro, uh, not Neto. <laughs> no, I was about to say. I'd yeah. be quite happy with I, that. Maybe I shouldn't have chosen that name. Actually, oh it. dear. <laughs> actually, I'd much prefer Neto, as you say. So they, they definitely they definitely um, came up to me and uh, you know was walking ahead and and, and uh, trying trying to to not create eye, any kind of eye contact and and Pedro, as you've said has grabbed me as hard as they could by the meat and two veg. And uh, I'm absolutely in agony. Oh, this is hilarious. I mean, look, there's an assault that took place on the Benidorm Strip. And uh, I think I feel I should report it. We I should have filed a report. I felt, I felt cheap and used on that walk back. But um, I managed to do it. Everything was still intact, but it definitely was a good old yank. It's, as I said to you, the, the best thing for me... Aside from you being uh, assaulted, mm. uh, of course, mm. which is sexually assaulted, Liam. Let's be honest. Is, I, did, I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure no. if I, you know, should make light of it. But it was. Well, no, I, I, mean, I have been. No, you know, you have. I know yes. you have, and, and that is a fact. Um, but unfortunately, there was part of it that was also kind of funny, and that's because I, I know you, and it was your the increasing uh, what's the word terror yeah. in your voice. Yeah. As you go from no, 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 no. 
<laughs> and um, it, was like, it, was like, it was like Cleveland in the bath um, in the in Family Guy where he goes he always has his bath on the floor he goes no 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 it's exactly like that and then of course you you managed to remove him from the situation mm. uh, fairly gently I think yes. yeah yes he came back for a little second, yeah. a second yeah. nibble second, second nibble <laughs> if you will um, well let's not say nibble again that's probably a poor adjective <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was interesting. It was interesting. But look, we're ten minutes in, so let's let's get let's get to the let's get to. I was going to say the meat again, but we need to move away from the meat. Um, Alaves nil. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers four. Great to get back in action. Great to um, see this team once and for all. I feel like it's been forever, and they did not disappoint, did they? I mean, look, Alaves weren't very, very, very good at all. But at the same time, it was just look. First of all, it was lovely seeing. Jean Moutinho on the pitch never thought that a lot of people didn't think that at the start of the season lovely seeing um, Ruben Neves on the pitch a lot of people didn't think that Morgan Gibbs-White on the pitch a fit Pedro Neto and all of these guys and yes again the caveat they weren't great this opposition they just looked like they had not skipped a beat there was some lovely football some great passing and and four four scorers all, all cracking goals Liam exactly I thought the uh, the attacking football from Wolves was what was most Impressive to be honest, because they were so free flowing going forward. Of course, it was a, a four-three-three in the first half. Once Pedence came on at half time, it changed to a four-two-three-one, which I know is music to a lot of fans' ears. Um, and in both systems, really, it was very f- uh, free flowing. I, I felt that you know the opportunity for the fullbacks to get forward. Um, obviously, because Wolves had a lot of possession, that gave them the license to do so. But when they did move forward, it allowed both uh, wingers, which in this case was was Neto and Gibbs White, to come inside, get closer to Raúl. But equally, they've got sort of uh, you know the best of both worlds. When the fullbacks are sort of you know a, a little bit deeper, they're able to, to come out wide and, and pick the ball up and make runs in behind. And, and Wolves were looking for sort of the cross field ball quite a lot, which Neves was you know delivering. It's, I mean, it's it's just a touch of class every time he, he lets that ball go. And uh, Mitinho, as well as you mentioned, was absolutely sublime as well. But um, and then it's slightly different in the second half because we saw Pedence playing in that hole behind Raul. He sort of interchanged with, with Gibbs White quite nicely, who was coming central and then going out wide again. And there was that, that freedom to, to be able to interchange it and, and flow in the attack, I thought really suitable. So, of course, the, you know, the, the opposition wasn't great, mm. and, and that helped. And the fact that, as I mentioned, they had so much possession allowed them to do that. You know, if they're playing Man City, it's a little bit different, but it really worked. I really, I really, it was really enjoyable to watch, and Wolves scored four goals, which, you know, I think Watford last season at home was probably the only time we could say that. Ah, well. Forest in the Cup. Let's not okay. forget. Let's not, let's okay. not forget that. True, but it was not. You know, they scored thirty-eight in thirty-eight Premier League games. Mm. That says everything you need to know. Yeah, um, fans thoroughly enjoyed it. Max Kilman's goal was was quite Ooh. incredible. I mean, wow, wow, what wow! A goal. Literally around the length of the pitch. It was it was great. And uh, we th- I thought actually he he messed it up towards the end. He kind of stuttered and stopped, and then and then a sublime finish. All the goals were great, and um, I've got to say, you know, we talked about we've talked about, and you can watch the video after the post match analysis. Talked about the the people who stood out, and, and Jean Moutinho was great. Neves, uh, great to see Neto back. We, we've talked a little bit more about Gibbs White on these videos. I got to say, and uh, probably didn't say it at the time, and, and just looking back at it, back at it, and it's easy to say he, he only stuck a penalty away. But I thought Raúl Jiménez looked a little bit more back to himself. He was moving around nicely. Um, I felt like he looked happier with a Neto Pedence and, and and Morgan Gibbs White around him compared to the service that he had last year. It definitely looked like he was happier, he was strong, he took a couple of strikes, okay, the, the flag had already gone up where he put his boot through it and you think, yeah, that's more the Raul Jimenez that we know and love. And look, every, everybody knows we've only got one striker at this moment in time. Yes, there will be a second striker that's going to come in, but he's going to be massively integral and looks like he's going to be leading the line this season again. And if you can get Raul Jimenez back to not six goals, but, but 14, 15 goals a season, then Wolves are a different proposition altogether. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if that's the case, they get probably top six, certainly, last season, uh, with, with a few more goals thrown in there. Um, yeah, I thought he was very good. And he probably, as he's, you know, rightly say, doesn't get as many of the props as some of the other players because of, I suppose, Gibbs White, you sort of gravitate to him because we don't know what's going to happen with him. And he's come back, obviously, a much better player. Neto, of course, with his injury issues. Pedenta playing a slightly different position. So... It's easy to gravitate to those three, uh, and albeit they were very good as well. But one of the key things you said there was was movement, um, and particularly if you look at uh, the second goal, uh, Neto's goal, I felt that the movement between Gibbs White, Gibbs White, and, and, and Raúl was really, really good. Um, the ball that comes into Gibbs White centrally first, directly from Neves, uh, is excellent movement. Um, but to 
the way that Raul positioned himself off the shoulder of the defender to receive the pass and then very, I think it was his first touch actually, just one, two, back into Gibbs White's path, who, who taps it through to Neto to score. Um, it seems quite simple, but he's, you know, it, it's been that, that intelligence to get onto the shoulder of that last defender and, and find the space, stay on side as well, and then be able to make the pass, I thought was very, very good. He held the ball up nicely, he made different runs because occasionally, or once or twice, he moved. Uh, he moved out wide. There was a couple of times he changed with um, with, with Neto and, and moved out wide and, and Neto came centrally. So there was definitely a lot of freedom there, not only for the rest of the players, but for Raul also. And he looked a little bit back to himself, which is uh, nice to see. Yeah. Um, I mean, it went as well, as well as could be expected, I guess. It was for the back, right? We've talked about this. You talked about the formations. You want to see... I think it's fair to say you want to see for the back, Liam, don't you? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know. Or would you not say that? I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily desperate to see Phil at the back. I think Wolves can have a lot of success at five, but it feels a little bit refreshing to see it. Um, and I think they're getting more out of the the players they've got potentially playing that system. But um, the, the biggest issue really is centre backs, isn't it? They've got to potentially accommodate for whoever they they play in there. Um, although Cody's the obvious question. I thought he actually did did fairly well. Again, the opposition didn't massively trouble them, but I thought he did okay. Well, it Bolly started as well. You know, you talk about James Collins and Max, Maximilian Kilman and, and the starting back four was Willie Bolly and Conor Cody. Now, I'm not going to read too much into that, but at the same time, you talk about these defenders, central defenders, and Willie Bolly's probably the one who gets lost out of all of them, you know. And yet, Willie Bolly, when he did come back into the side towards the end of last season, I thought was, was back to sort of the Willy Bolly that we know and love from earlier on in his Wolves career. There's still an argument for me to say that Willy Bolly in the back four is is an absolute must if he is back to his very, very best. So let's not forget Willy Bolly in this situation and in this season, would you say? Yeah, I don't think you can underestimate him. Uh, he definitely got better once he made his return, which was, what, February, I think, maybe early March. Once he made that return, it was, it was gradual, but he definitely improved towards the end of the season because there was a few... You know, dodgy games at the beginning, um, but he, you know he has to stay fit. That's the key thing for him. If he stays fit and he's available and he's ready to play, I can see him playing in whatever system Wolves, uh, Bruno Large goes with because he he really is a experienced. He's a man mountain. He's he's not slow. He's good with his feet. He's good in the air. And we've seen from what you, you go back what, two three seasons, he's probably the number one centre back outside the traditional top mm. six. Um, so if he can stay fit, he's, a, he's a, still a massive asset for Wolves. Um, you know, whether it's four or whether it's three at the back, the likes that, let's say the senior centre-backs, I'll take Totti Gomez and Mosquera out for it, out of it. You've got Bolly, Cody, uh, Kilman, Collins. Can you see all of those staying at Wolverhampton Wanderers this season? Yes, because I don't think they can afford to lose anyone else, to be honest. I don't think Wolves would take the risk there. Um, if they stick with a four, that's your four. You go for two places, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you probably keep Totti Gomez as a as a backup because mm-hmm. he can play left-back, which he played briefly against Alaves. Mm-hmm. Um, he is obviously left-sided and they've only really got Kilman, who's natural there. I know Bolly can play there as well, but Kilman's sort of the natural uh, position there. So they keep him as backup and potentially send a Mosquera on loan. I mean, that's just you know me speculating what they might do. Um, but I think if you stay at a four, that probably makes sense. If you stick with a five, you probably keep Gomez and Mosquera around because you need a little bit more depth there. So it'll be interesting, really, uh, as to you know whether one of those go before the end of the window. Um, but of course, we'll have games, Premier League games before then, so we'll have a better idea way before then either way. Um, but yeah, I think you, I don't think you let any of them go, and I think if you do, you have to replace one of them. Yeah, I think so. I think you. I think you're right, and and you know we might see move, some movement in the next week or so. You never know. It's there's still there's still plenty of time to go. August the 31st and uh, or September the first, of course, is when the the deadline closes. And, and we did discuss this briefly, uh, Liam. But there is a strike and that's needed. Uh, arguably, there might be two, but there's definitely one that that's needed to to go into this uh, and to go into this team. Can Wolves afford, or could you see a scenario where Wolves have not got a striker, a first-team striker, to rival or to complement Raul Jimenez going into that Leeds United game on August the 6th, I believe, and waiting... Um, honestly, you play footsie with me so many times. It's incredible how many times you've been <laughs> no, hitting my that feet. That was I just kicked you. Apologies. Now you're stroking my little toe. It's astonishing. Was that? Yeah, it? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> um, 
can you see, can you see Wolves going in with that striker, just with that one striker, if it means um, waiting for a potential deal further down the line and a kind of trickle down effect? We talk about League One and League Two clubs waiting for this trickle down effect to to wait for loans, etc. It happens to Wolves as well. Let's 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 be honest here. Wolves are not. If you're the outside looking in and you're a striker from maybe the continent and you're looking at maybe the big six or the big seven clubs or the fancy clubs, or the London clubs, and they might be in for you, they might be interested, they might be keeping you on, um, saying we might we, you know, we might come in for you. And then Wolves are interested as well. And you're going to wait until the last minute to, to see if that Manchester United or, or, or Liverpool or Man City or, or Spurs come in. And if they don't, then I think there's an option there for, for Wolves. And they could be, I'm not saying they're definitely, but they could be waiting or, or ready to go on a couple of strikers, but they're maybe hedging the bets, waiting to see if they get a, a bigger move in their eyes. Uh, before the deadline and the window closes, it's a risky it's a risky game to play. But the more and more we get on to this season, remember we're, we're nearly getting into August now. That seems to be the way that Wolves are going to play. They're not going to rush. They're not going to be rushed just to sign a striker. They're going to wait for the best player. On the on the flip side of it, you can understand people saying, "I cannot believe they've let Fabio Silva go with no striker when you're playing a dangerous game." Like I've just said, um, where do you where do you uh, stand on on that? Yeah, the, the, the key there is what you just said, that they won't be rushed. And they never have been rushed in, in any transfer window. Um, they won't bring a, a deal in unless they, don't, unless they think it's the, the right deal for all parties. Money, age of the player, the height of you know, where their talent can go, their ceiling, if you will. Um, so, you know, they won't, be, they won't be rushed into it. And although fans, will, fan, fans often see it as one in, one out. Football very rarely works that way, and it, it, it takes a bit of time sometimes to bring to bring players in. And I think that trickle down that you mentioned is is definitely a factor. Um, for me, they have to bring a striker in because you have to have some more depth to the squad there. And it's not necessarily an issue with relying on Raul. You know, if he if he's not quite there in terms of his form yet after last season, it's more really for me a depth and an injury uh, issue. You know, if he gets any sort of knock, Wolves are having to have a makeshift. Striker or front three or three. Well, two, so they make sure strike. We haven't seen Huang yet. Um, yeah, exactly. He's got a small niggle, so we, you know. <laughs> we, so you know, you have to, you have to allow for for those to happen, mm. and you need as well as competition as well. So um, I can definitely see a, a, a position where they go into the, the Leeds game and they haven't brought in a uh, another striker, but every single week they go without bringing another striker in. It's a it's a risk because particularly when the season starts because as we say they've got points to win fairly winnable games or games you'd hope to get points from early on as well and you want to have a good start um, and yeah they're just taking a risk by not bringing someone in but equally they are well the club is well aware of the window ending 31st of August they're not necessarily going to rush and bring someone in tomorrow mm. Um, good stuff. Uh, before we before we move on, uh, I just like to say our partners at Football Prizes is a fantastic Connor Cody signed autographed shirt, framed, ready to go. All it is is three pound ninety five for your ticket. Remember, it closes at seven thirty tonight. I've put the link on. I've tweeted it a couple of times. A ten percent discount with the code Wolves Poddy. And uh, get yourself in to the raffle because uh, there's quite a few of the Wolves fans who, are, who have done it and a couple of them have won recently as well. So great little bit of memorabilia. Make sure you've got to be in it to win it, baby. Right, let's move on to uh, the game. Um, it wasn't, it was, I, was, I was hoping that I got a good sleep tonight. We both were knackered. We both did. We had a very late dinner of a little bit of chicken, a little bit of, a, a little bit of salad. We, Kino bought these mini Magnum box that seems to be going on forever and ever. I feel like I've had about 10 of them and, and there's still more to come. Anything but white chocolate, to be fair. So it's um, been thoroughly enjoying that. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a long day. Straight back up, quick breakfast, straight to the training ground. Levante, we saw the coach. We think, okay, this could be maybe a lot of the kids and, uh, you know, very slow-paced, low-tempo game, kind of a bit boring. Wolves have made it, you know, free to free to watch on YouTube. So it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, it's an absolute Royal Rumble. It was an absolute Royal Rumble. Mosquera sent off. Daniel Pudent sent off. It went 10v10. It was going to be 9v9. There was 43 minutes before the referee blew up in the half. Then it was 42 minutes at full time. The game was about 85 minutes long. Uh, there were more scuffles and shuffles. And we saw some first-teamers. I mean, I've never, ever seen a game like it for a, for a pre-season. Let alone one that's behind closed doors in a, in a, in a cheeky kind of environment. That, um, you know, you expected it to be, to be so, 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 you know, 
chilled out and relaxed, and it was just manic. What do you make of it? Well, Wolves were absolutely delighted that the game was being streamed uh, free on YouTube, and there was four journalists in attendance mm. in a game that probably normally wouldn't wouldn't be the case. Mm. Um, it was really bizarre. I mean, it was bizarre even when you started off uh, and had a back pass that was picked up by the Levante goalkeeper um, so 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 quickly. I think it was in five within five or ten minutes. Indirect free kick within inside the box, which I mean, I've maybe seen a handful of times in you know twenty years watching football. So um, so that was you know a great start, and then you know they 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 go one 0 up. Wolves. You know they're doing okay. They're not particularly moving the, the ball around, or well, they're not particularly threatening. I'll put it that way. Mm. Um, and then all of a sudden, it all kicks off. I think you know we we you tweeted about it beforehand that Levante was starting to throw in some some quite hefty tackles, and, and you know they weren't afraid to to go in and, uh, and make it difficult. Um, and it all sort of boiled over really because Mosquera mm. reacted. It was really an accumulation of tackles, and he reacted to one. You know the Levante player retaliates, grabs him by the face. It's it was carnage, and from then on, you know, two red cards, and uh, and we all know what happened next. Yeah, um, just um, just a quick one. There's a few people asking with with Mosquera and and with Daniel Pedenza and being sent off. No, there's going to be nothing that's going to come back on them where they're going to miss certain games or they might not be available for Leeds United or or anything like that. Oh no, 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 no! It's uh, I mean the the referee started the second half with eleven v eleven again, so it's it's definitely not an official game if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's nothing you know to be worried about in that um, in that sense. If, if Wolves are playing in La Liga, maybe they, they might be uh, might be yeah. you know fined or something. And just I don't just know. just to confirm, like let's say seven got sent off uh, on Saturday against Pajiktas, they would still be fine for the start of the season. They'll still be fine. They'll still be fine. They'll still be fine. But it, it, just on this game as well, I mean, mm. it was because um, obviously then, uh, as I mentioned or you mentioned rather, that Pedenz getting sent off. You know, he reacted to something, sort of grabbed the player in a headlock. Yes. And, and then they sort of tussled and tried to throw each other to the ground. And then there was a big scuffle mm. again. They both got sent off. So that was you know, two each for either side. And then the, ref- the blue- referee blew for half-time straight away. And that was a few minutes early. And then from then, you know, Bruno is, um, is very unhappy speaking to the officials. The officials are clearly considering whether to carry on playing football or not. Because, <laughs> and I don't blame them, to be honest. Because had they... You know, carry on with nine v nine. It would have been frankly ridiculous in that heat in a preseason friendly. Well, the lack, the lack of shade for us, you were like, "Come on, call it off, call it." Off. <laughs> oh, I was happy for it to be over. <laughs> I was, I was burning alive there. Um, and then, of course, you know, the referee decided to carry on with eleven v eleven, and you know, the, the coaches had a word with with the players. And then the second half was a lot tamer, and and that was that was good because you you know you couldn't allow for you couldn't allow for anyone to to get an injury really. Um, but it was just a very strange way of approaching it from Levante because they they were very aggressive, very, <laughs> very aggressive. Very aggressive. But, you know, before any of the these red cards, it just was a little bit um, what's the word? A little bit feisty, wasn't it? It was a li- they were they were there was a little bit of niggle there, and it was definitely the more aggressive. They were definitely the more aggressive side, and whether they didn't read the room very well, and maybe there was maybe there was a bit of a um, understanding, but they came to to really. Put themselves about a little bit, and uh, I think, like you say, it was a culmination, especially with Mosquera, of, of small, late tackles, uh, nothing too dangerous, and then, and then a bit of a strong one, especially with you know the the injury that he's had before. And uh, I think, like I said, that the players are very protective of, of of Mosquera, and yeah, after that, it was just once, and then Mosquera was walking off, going out of the training facility. The other side, the, the guy who the guy who fouled him, who smashed a water bottle, by the way, and, and a bag, kicking it off. He went behind Mosquera and kind of like outside, so they weren't meeting, but then they met at the same exit door, and then it all kicked off again, and all the players ran there. Um, it was just biggest belief. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was, it was absolute carnage. And we'll use it for the strip, and we'll use it for this game as well. That... that, that uh, yeah, description. It was. Um, I've never seen a game like it. And for it to be a preseason friendly, I think you put it right when you said they didn't really read the room properly because, as I say, they were very aggressive. Um, Wolves, you know, they're not totally innocent in this. They gave some back, which I, you know, in some ways quite like. Um, but I'm just glad it calmed down that second half. Uh, well, part of me wasn't because I wanted it to be called off because I was burning alive. But the other part of me was happy that no one was going to get injured because uh, that's the biggest issue. And, and as you say with Mosquera. He did look like he had a little bit of a, a hobble as he was as he was going off. So hopefully nothing too too serious there. Uh, a few of the few of the um, small senior players: Ruben Neves, Jean Moutinho, uh, Jose Sarr, who we haven't seen yet. Um, well, we'll to be seen whether we see him on 
on Saturday or not and built this beautiful little cabana with um, with corner flags and towels and they were just sat there leaning back, probably looking at each other going, Christ, I'm pleased I'm not playing this game. I'm not playing the last 10 minutes here. If you're Bruno and you've watched that game and you sit down with the team tonight and you know you, you go to your, the video analysis and you look at the game as a whole and you sit them down, what do you say? Are you... Are you are you fine? Are you normal? Are you frustrated? Are you angry? Are you confused? What what uh, what, do you, what do you make of it? Because obviously it's not Wolves' first eleven, and and a lot of it is to do with Levante and the way that they approach the game. But uh, will he be disappointed in his players and maybe the, their their reaction to certain incidents? I think he's probably quite pleased with his players. To be honest, he's his players have put up a bit of a fight, um, and I think that's probably all you, all you can ask really. Now you've got to be careful. You've got to, you've got to, you know, to find the balance, toe the line, and not get not get yourself sent off. Which those two players, Pernins and Mosquera, may you know not be particularly uh, in in uh, in Bruno's good books. But I think overall you have to be fairly pleased with how Wolves sort of stood up to that challenge um, and got away unscathed. That so it's more probably slightly he's proud, more relieved I would imagine that they got through it. And you know there's things to work on. You know they got a lot, they had a lot of youngsters out there. They got a few they got some minutes into a few senior players, but a lot of youngsters out there who got valuable minutes um, against you know Spanish top tier first tier side. So um, it was I think it was a good exercise. You know they lost the game, but you know in those circumstances particularly, but also pre season in general, the result really doesn't matter. Good to see Totti Gomez get on the goal. Yes, yes. You know, I'm a big fan of um, of, like, of, of Totti. Of, you love a bit of Totti. Oh, yeah, and that, that was just Saturday night, baby. <laughs> oh, God. I walked into that <laughs> you one. You did. Um, I love a bit of Totti. He's a, no, he's a, I think he's a very talented player and um, very athletic, quick, strong, good on the ball. I, I really do like him. So uh, it helps as well that he's um, been very forthcoming with uh, with chatting to me uh, a couple of times last season so uh, <laughs> so get, you in, get him in your good books he's in my well. good books uh, no yeah he's, he's just a you know a thoroughly nice quiet mm. young man um, but who is a, a player I think can really add something to Wolves particularly the fact that he's the only real natural left sider by, beyond Max Kilman. Mm-hmm. so I think that's going to help him probably stay with the squad th- uh, this summer I would imagine uh, Matty Sarkic as well a little chat with her before yeah. the game after after obviously interviewing him and uh, you did tweet out a good line that came up with you it's, <laughs> it's nice when you when you're listening to um, listening to the interview and writing the tapping up the quotes when uh, you get a couple of nuggets and uh, yeah this was definitely a, a cracker from him wasn't it because like you say he wasn't um, he's he's definitely a confident young man and and I love this line go on Liam I'll leave it to you uh, as well it's been slightly adapted so that it fits into the character limit for Twitter oh here we go <laughs> slightly adapted is it like, like he says a little bit more than what I've been able to say journalistic but, license here is yeah, it yeah 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 but um, this is this is a direct quote um, I was released from Villa and Wolves were interested so it was a no brainer Wolves are and were in a better position so for me it was a step up you could have a fresh start and be yourself again in a way. Oh, I love to see it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, he loves it. So, you know, he's not, he's not, you know, throwing Villa under the bus, no. but he's making it very clear that, you know, he probably wasn't very pleased with how mm. it all sort of ended there. Um, and it's worked out brilliantly for him. He's now, he's got a new three-year deal. He's second in line to Jose Saar, but he's made it very clear, and I'll, I'll have more on this um, coming soon, that, you know, he wants to push Jose Saar for a number one spot. He, he, as you say, very confident. I thought he towed the line very well of... Being confident without being arrogant, um, he was very approachable, very relaxed, very comfortable in speaking to me, um, which is of course partly down to my excellent interviewing skills, but also partly down to his character. Uh, no need, no need. Are we going to talk about your sleepwalking, by the way? We'll, we'll get to it. Okay. I was just letting that sit for a second. Um, but I, yeah, I, I thought he was a very, very engaging um Young man, I thought you I say young man, he's he's turns 25 on Saturday, which is currently how old I am, but you know, we're young men. Um, he, yeah, he, he was he was grumpy, a, man. <laughs> he was a he was a very, very, very good interview. I was really, you know, pleased with um, with how it went, and uh, he, he offered a lot. He, he was very generous with his time. We've got a bit of a feature coming out on well, I won't give too much away, but his sort of background, and he speaks four languages and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I've got plenty more to come, hopefully, sort of next week and beyond as well. Oh right, sorry, you stopped stop there. Sorry, did you doze off there? I was, I was just, uh, I was going in your zombie mode. I was talking about you talking about um, moving and, and uh, getting up in the middle of the night and night terrors. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't phrase them as night terrors. Okay, um, but yeah, I, I'm. And a if very... this isn't your shirts and your wardrobe, they're not very good. Wow, very good. wow, very good. let's not even go there. 
there. Really? It's always nice when you come away to work and you know everyone's bashing you for your appearance. Oh, It's always a great <laughs> thing. And then, and, then, and then all of a sudden, you know, we just sat there enjoying ourselves, watching a bit of football, and Judah brings it up again, <laughs> and then tweets it again. He's like he's trying to keep it alive. I mean, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to go back at him because you know I'm not a nasty bastard. So oh, why well, you can't say that? I don't care. I've said it. You can't it. say that. So, if you want to bleep it, you bleep no, it. No, I'm not. I can't. I can't be bothered to edit that out. No, you can't. Well, fine. I'll just say a few more then. So, C bombing coming. Uh, no, I'm joking. So, yes, I. Uh, it's rattled your ante a little bit. No, no, no. Um, I just. Wouldn't, I just wouldn't be that harsh. Uh, wow. I. Yes, I'm a very deep sleeper, but I am very active in my sleep. So it, it, I'll go months without doing something, but then I will get up and walk around. And I've been known to get up and like pile a chair on top of my bed mm, and do mm. random random stuff like that. And I, I talk a lot as well. Mm. So yeah, the other night I, um, for whatever reason, sort of rushed very hurriedly out of the bed, jumped up, threw the cover off me, ran to the bathroom, and then stood there and then woke up and was like, "What on earth am I doing?" Astonishing. It was weird. I, I, I remember. And the thing is, I remember doing it mm. but it wasn't like I wasn't conscious of doing it yeah. so it was it was just strange so have you ever opened your laptop in the middle of the night <laughs> no, no I've gone never... to River Island and bought some dodgy shirts oh mate there's no there's absolutely no need for this it's actually maybe that's why yeah, it's, you know, fair, you know what? No, it's, sub, it's, sub, it's subconscious it's subconscious so it's not it's not your fault the thing is a little, little you know peek behind the curtain here oh here we go everyone who watches uh Judah looks at his Twitter. Any of the con, everything's a lie. Oh, so no, I'll put this out there now. Don't believe a word he says <laughs> because apparently my shirts are horrible. The other night you were saying about how much, how nice some of them were. And some of them, you only wore one. Yeah, I wore one, and then when we were here, and I was telling you about how bang out of order that was, you were like, "Oh no, actually, two of them I do actually like." Is what you said. You're getting so angry. Why are you getting angry? Because you're a liar. Why are you getting angry? You're, you're, you're not. A, you're not a genuine human being. Oh, it's you're, you're bang out of order. This has definitely triggered him. This is definitely triggered it's not, him. It's not on, mate. It's not oh, on. We're gonna wear. Uh, <laughs> look at him. He's not, angry. It's not on. He's angry. It's not on. Oh dear. Right, we better move on, mate. Yeah, move on. Are you okay? This is gonna. This, well, I'm. I'm going on WM in 20 minutes, so let's... Oh, he's, let's, he's gone. Let's wrap he's it gone, up. He's gone. We've got 20 minutes. No, I'm out of here. He's had enough. He's had enough. Right, let's, uh, let's take some questions from the peeps. Uh, first of all, Supergrand says, which of the under-21s has impressed the most and which has the most chance of getting in the first team for the new season? It's tough to see any of them probably getting many Premier League minutes unless a lot of injuries. Um, I like Lembekisa. I think he's, you know... Um, so very energetic, very athletic. Uh, I like Hodge. Um, he's just, a, again, a bundle of energy in midfield. Um, of course, you know, Chem Campbell has shown quite a bit over the last couple of years or so. Uh, Corbin, as well. Um, it's just difficult to see them getting a lot of minutes, so I can't really answer that. I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Lembekisa because of the right wing-back sort of issues with Semedo coming back from injury. You're a well. big Lembekisa fan, aren't you? I do like him. I do like him. I think he's a, I think he's a really good player. I've seen him a fair few times for the 23s and once for the 18s as well. So, yeah, he's a good player. He's, he's all, it's all gone blue in here. I better, uh, I better just I better just lower the tone here. Um, let's have a look. What are you up to now? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be serious now because I feel a bit, feel a bit bad. Um, <laughs> you should. Okay, here we go. Mike Allen... With the team shaping up nicely, is the frustration when we finish mid-table that with just a little extra investment, sixth is always there for the taking? I don't like the way you speak like this. I'm no. just speaking normally. I don't, I don't want I, to upset you. I don't like this I don't this want to no. upset you. I don't like this now. Is sixth always there for the taking? Yes. Because one of those traditional top six is always going to have a bad season. A couple of them normally do. I mean, Man United might have made a brand new manager and maybe got one signing or whatever. But, I, I mean, they're an absolute shambles most of the time. So... I think, um, yeah, I think it definitely is. You know, you've got to have a good season. Everything's got to come together. There's maybe, for Wolves in particular, a couple of additions, but I don't see why not. As a culinary expert, Nathan, can paella contain chorizo? Have you been out for tapas yet? I want to say culinary expert. Well, tasting. Um, cooking, I'm doing my best, but um, sometimes it's difficult. You've only got a 10, 15-minute window and it's midnight. You, you haven't got time to make cordon bleu stuff, but we're banging it out. Can paella contain chorizo? I think probably probably just about. Um, I wouldn't be the first ingredient I put in there. We'd have some lovely chorizo uh, tapas though on some on some lovely bread because um, we haven't been, we have been out like I said previously on it for a couple of lovely lovely little bites to eat. And um, I'd more have it that than maybe not a paella. I don't think. 
Uh, let's have a look. Brothers, while he was on the pitch today, Mosquera seems to be playing more as a right-back than a centre-back. Is that what was actually being tried out, do you know? Well, I, at first when I saw the team sheet, that's what I thought it was going to be. Um, but, you know, it looked very much like all of us at the sidelines watching uh, like a three at the back. Um, Corbin, who was sort of playing as a right wing back, when it was very far forward as a left wing back, that's very much what it looked like to me. And particularly looked at the centre-back positions um, in the... Both Mosquera and Gomez were fairly wide, sort of making that three. So uh, that's what it looked like to me, um, which makes sense, albeit, you know, Corbin, who isn't really a wing-back. But then the second half, when they made the changes, Lembekisa came on, who was a wing-back, and played there. And it was the same same system, really. So, yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was a 3-4-3 a three, three first half, 3-5-2 second half. Adam Pode, was Bruno sending a message to Jeff by not starting a striker? No, I don't. I mean, he's only, he's only got round. He's not going to start round two games in a row. So, no, I don't think so. Uh, Greg says favorite food prepared by Chef Judah in Benidorm and favorite food eaten out. Gail asked the same question. How well can Nathan cook? Oh, yeah, pretty well, pretty well. I'm, Ooh, yeah. I'm getting it back now. I'm getting back. He's he's he's, he's warming back up to me. <laughs> always warming back up to you. I've just got to keep that you know you know a little bit in the back of my head that you know. There'll be some sort. Of, I'll be stitched up again at some point. It's coming. Well, I did say I was um, hiding in your wardrobe for quite some time the other day, um, and uh, you didn't come out for a long time. And then you went outside, so I had to come out, crawl out of your wardrobe, so I had to find something else to do. So you know that that could have been. That I was recording, ready for you to come in the room. I was going to go, Mama Duke, <laughs> and uh, it didn't, it didn't materialise. So you got you got the shirts because when I went in, crawled into the wardrobe, oh, I looked and I was like, Jesus, what's going on here? So that was my. Well, you were second now because we've been over this. And you weren't like that at all in private you weren't like that so I don't know why you've been like that on the podcast it's exactly it's exactly triggering. exactly thank you very much <laughs> there's some, that's there's, what I thought there's a couple of bad ones mate a couple no a couple no okay and, all, and by the way you totally Which, lied as well because you said that one of them was one of them was cord and it's not cord at all <laughs> okay food what's your favourite food I don't care anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about the food. You know what? He is, he is a good, he is a pretty good cook. The you, you do you do pretty well with the marinade, the chicken and all the uh, and the mushroom things like that. Oh uh, yes, and you do it, and, and the salad to be fair, you do a decent sort of spread. Um, maybe it's way. because I've had a few more espressos than you. Do you like an espresso? You, yeah, we both like them, but you. Well, I mean, yesterday you had four. I think, yeah, I was I was I was struggling yesterday, so it was it was very nice. It was delicious. Um, let's have a look any news on Saar progress is there any chance Sarkic may have to start versus Leeds uh, still trying to find out to be honest um, I mean he's walking around fine looks okay so I don't think it's anything particularly serious but yeah I've got to try and wait and find out and um, albeit it'd be you know, great to give Sarkic the opportunity I think you obviously want Saar back because he was, was so good last year Lukey says any feedback on Nathan Collins as I wasn't able to watch the two games yeah I mean he looked pretty comfortable um you know, he was good on the ball. He made one or two small errors on the ball, actually, which, interestingly enough, but recovered very well. He's, he's quite athletic and quite strong, quite a big lad. So, um, yeah, fairly fairly impressed with him. I thought his positioning was good, pretty quick. It's difficult to say from those two games because he didn't he wasn't massively tested. But from what I saw, you know, he did, he did pretty well. Um, let's have a look. Um, ba, 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 ba. Any sign of a striker coming in? Or are they expecting to play Raul every minute of every game with no injuries or suspensions? Well, if he gets suspended again like he was doing last year with some, some of those silly red cards, they're going to need another player. I mean, they'll bring up a striker, and I'm pretty confident of that. We were just discussing, obviously, before the, the time. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Andy Willis, base done for the first game. Uh, well, I don't know, base might be... Um, let's have a look. Okay, I kind of spelt that wrong. Let's have a look. The first game, the play seemed to revolve all around Ruben Neves. What is plan B if no Neves? Probably bring a midfielder in. <laughs> um yeah, well, it's difficult to say because it, you know Wolves. As we spoke on the last podcast about, about this, that Wolves probably expected more movement with him earlier in the window, and it hasn't happened. Um, I'm not aware of any movement uh, as of as of yet as well, um, or at least any serious movement. So, um, yeah, the hope is that he stays at this point, which of course we weren't expecting. Um, the concern is you lose him really late on in the window, and then you've got to replace a player like that in a short space of time. But um, if he does go, the simple answer is he's got to bring a player in. How long is uh, out for? Like I say, we'll, 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 we'll see soon. He seems to be moving pretty well. So hopefully we might see him against Bajiktas. We'll see. Uh, what's the plan for the forwards with Fabio out and Cotroni not taken to Spain? Oh, well, Cotroni's going to get a move. Um, 
Will he? Well, I mean, if he doesn't get a move, he's not going to be playing for Wolves. So, okay. Um, unless there's a massive change of heart and a massive. Uh, yeah, you think if there's any kind of any kind of chance with no strikers here apart from Raul, that yeah, he would be here. He'd be here. Yeah, it's same with Bonatini. I mean, you know, neither of them are going to be. They've both got a year left. Neither of them are in Bruno's plans. Obviously, a team has to come in for them, whether it's a loan or permanent. They have to come in and, and make a move for them. But um, you know, if they don't, they're, you know, they're not in the plans. I mean, I don't think they'll even be given a squad number, most likely. So, um, yeah, though, that I wouldn't, you know, be be relied on that to, to come through with anything. Of course, Fabio's got it on loan for the season, and, and, and the hope is that he he'll get on well over there in uh, in Belgium. So, um, yeah. I mean, you look at money. I mean, was Catroni 16, 17 million? 16, I think. Yeah. 16 million pounds. I mean. That has been, and it's not Bruno's fault, an absolute disaster. Yeah, it's been an been, absolute disaster. It's been probably it's it's probably been Wolves' worst transfer, hasn't it? Of late, like you know, or probably the Foden era, or, or, or near enough. And you can't see Wolves getting anywhere near that fee. And to be honest, I can't. I can see them getting like almost like a negligible fee, but almost maybe selling it as a bigger fee, rising to with a load of crazy things that probably won't ever happen just to save face on it because at the moment you just want to get him off the wage bill don't you and that's if he gets a permanent because he very well might get another loan mm-hmm. um, and when he's been on loan recently you know Empoli last season he didn't exactly tear it up did he mm-hmm. so um, they have to I think they'll probably be lucky to get to get a permanent uh, deal for him as much as Wolves would like one um, Wolves Women Podcast what are your thoughts on the Wolves Women moving to the new book's head yeah no really really good isn't it um, obviously moving to a much bigger venue um, it's, a, it's a good stadium as well Nuke Books I haven't been there for 23's games it's got you know decent facilities good parking things like that so it makes it easier to sort of attract fans in I think albeit it's a little bit of a, of a drive but it's not too far um, you're going to get to a few games yeah definitely definitely yeah that's, that's, the, that's the plan um, so I think it, yeah it's a good move it, it helps not only does it help a local club um, I think it, it definitely helps the women as well and um, and they've made that move sort of a, a step earlier because they haven't gone up to the cha- championship yet but they've done it a step earlier they're trying to sort of incrementally build the women's side of things every year and um, and yeah they're doing a good job with it from the Wolfpack from what you've seen of Conor Ronan do you think he will be in the squad for the new season? yeah it's a good question it's really difficult to say whether he's in the squad um, I can certainly be in, see him being in and around it early on in the season and whether he may go before the end of the window um, of course he didn't get any minutes at all against Alaves but did start and then come back on again went off came back on um, against Levante and I thought he did fairly well you know he played as a in sort of a two in midfield and uh, yeah he you know he sprayed quite a few nice sort of 34 yard passes around that sort of Neves-esque um, isn't afraid to sort of get stuck in, get in the tackle. You know, he delivered a nice corner for the uh, Totti Gomez goal as well, of course. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, his, his technical ability, I think, is, is, is really quite nice. Whether it's going to, of course, it's a massive step up from playing for St. Mirren, so, you know, whether he's going to be able to, to do that in the Premier League and, and make that, make himself a viable option, really, for the squad is difficult to say, but he's got an opportunity here to, to prove it. Last few questions. Dean, Semedo's recovery is looking ahead of time. What's the latest on his return? Um, yeah, I think you know he's back on the on the grass, doing some work with the ball, sort of changing directions quite quickly, which is a good sign because once you start to to make those sort of movements in your rehabilitation, you're you're not as far off. Um, so as far as I understand, it's still a, an August timeline, which probably means not the start of the season. Um, but we may know more in the sort of next week or so uh, whether he is going to be a bit ahead of time. But I don't think that will be the case because it's quite a in sort of serious torn hamstring. The Soccer Neophytes podcast says, if a fight on the pitch depended on you or Liam Keane entering the fray, which one of you would be more inclined? I think we can both agree on who will be more inclined to enter the pitch for a fight. It's interesting the phrasing is more inclined because if you were going to say who would be more successful, I would be interested as to what you might say. More successful? Is oh. it like have more success scrapping? Oh, Yes, both both exactly the same. I'm running away from this fight. I don't want anything to do with it. 
I will not. I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter, and I can't destroy this money maker in front of me. Liam Keane will be on the pitch. Liam Keane had a ball kicked to him today, and he was ready to bite it. And in fact, no, in I fact, was not. I was cowering. I did not want to take my laptop because that's the last thing I need. You were also um, running away from a from a wasp or a fly or something as well. You weren't happy. It, it was a huge wasp, and, and it almost went up my shorts. Wasp, spider. I mean, literally, they are attracted to you at this moment in time. Um, Wonderwolf Photography says as nice as it would be to see the team have bite to it in this season with clearly up to aggression levels is it something that needs to be carefully managed going to the Premier League season I think this was a one-off one take yeah today. it was a one-off yeah, I mean obviously you have to manage it but you, you want the team to have a bit about them but equally I think you, you just it's a one-off and Levante to be honest started it um, Mike Parsons hi Nathan will there be a Wolves FPL code this season yes there will I will give it to you next week when we are back in between the games to the game to Portugal hopefully so uh, leave me with that um, Collins v Alves or Collins versus Ukraine Kilman v Alves sorry or Collins versus Ukraine which goal's best Kino have you seen that oh, one yeah I have seen um, it's a really tough one they're both very similar I feel like Kilman's was a bit further out albeit Alves didn't do a great job defending it. I'm going to go Kilman just. Reggie, who would win a fight between Pedence and Kino? <sighs> Come on now. What? <laughs> Come on. I, I tell you what, I guarantee you Pedence is... He has got some moves. No, no, no. I don't I don't disagree. Oh, you think he beat you? No. No. Oh. I, no, no, no. I don't disagree with you at all. I think he, I think he does. And, uh, I mean, he is in very, very good shape. I mean, we've seen some of the pictures and, and videos of him doing, you know, muscle-ups and all that. You know, he's in great shape. Don't get me wrong. But he's far too small to be... Be dealing with me. Let's be honest. I think it would we'll... be. Come on, <laughs> come on. Let's not be silly. I'm a look. I'm a two-strike white belt for a reason in jiu-jitsu. Trained killer. <laughs> Trained killer. Oh my god, it's astonishing. <laughs> Tell you what, I can't wait to go back to jiu-jitsu next week. On that, on that note, on that note, uh, I'll love you and leave you. That's it. Um, bit of a shorter podcast this week, but you've got to have, you've got to hop on to, to WM. We've got some work to do. So. Um, from all of us this week, hope you enjoy it. We will have, of course, Bajiktas in full on Saturday. Uh, there's only two nights left, Kino. You're going to have a couple of drinks tonight, or is it tomorrow night? What's the big night? I don't know yet. You don't we'll, know? We'll, yeah, we might have a couple here and there. I might even share one of your shirts. How about I put one of them on? What do you reckon? Yeah, anyway, see you next week. <laughs> For me, from Kino, have a great one. Take care. Bye-bye.